Good afternoon and welcome to KPFT Local News at 4 p.m. It is Wednesday, July 15th. 2015. I'm Tucker Wilson. Thank you so much for joining us in the news this afternoon. Their story is no longer making national headlines, but their lives remain in limbo. Earlier this year, the U.S. Border Patrol apprehended more than 57,000 child migrants who crossed the border from June 2013 to June 2014. While that number has dropped significantly, more than 50% of those children are still going through the legal process. There is an agency that's trying to assist these children and other asylum-seeking refugees. Members of Human Rights First continue to provide legal assistance for many of those migrants. Now, first, I mentioned before, their stories are no longer making headlines, but we know that um, they are still being impacted. We do have an attorney on the line with us now to talk about what is happening with these children. Hello. Hi, this is Ashley Caper, Managing Attorney here in Houston with Human Rights First. Yes, thank you so much for joining us, Ms. Caper. Um, first, tell us, um, what is the current condition of many of these children? Uh, the condition is very similar as to it was a year ago when they were making the headlines, which is that this is a vulnerable population who are still greatly in danger in their home countries. And while the number has declined, nevertheless, the claims remain the same, which they're fleeing violence, mostly uh, violence as a result of gang recruitment uh, and narco traffickers, drug traffickers in country who are attempting to recruit them. And as a result, they continue to come to the United States in attempt to find safe haven here. Now, you just um, you you touched a bit on my next question, which was going to be: We understand that the numbers have declined tremendously, but that doesn't mean that they're not still coming, correct? That is correct. During the first nine months of fiscal year 2015, um, apprehensions along the southwest border were just over 26,000. Oh wow, that's a lot. So, it is a lot, and while that's a f- over a 50% decrease compared to the same period last year, it nevertheless is still a significant number of children. And now walk us through the process. What happens when these children are detained at the border? What, what Take us through the step of what happens thereafter. Sure. So when children are detained at the border, they're generally detained by Border Patrol. And once Border Patrol has been in contact with them, they're placed uh, in temporary custody by Customs and Border Patrol Protection. I'm sorry. And then they are transferred into custody of the Office of Refugee Resettlement. And the Office of Refugee Resettlement has shelters throughout the country that house these children. The children then meet with caseworkers who determine what family contacts they have here in the United States. And then the goal is to release these children from shelters and reunify them with family and close friends who are all throughout the United States. And the children, once released from these shelters, still must appear in immigration court. So they go through the court system until the conclusion of their immigration proceedings. So you're saying shelters, but we've been doing a series of stories here lately. Are we talking detention centers or shelters, and what's the difference? These are shelters. They're run by the Office of Refugee Resettlement, and they are distinct from family detention centers. That said, family detention centers are still being utilized. There are two that are here in Texas. 
And these, the detention centers are operated by Immigration and Customs Enforcement, and so that's different than the Office of Refugee Resettlement, which is run by um, the Department of, Home, of Homeless Services. Okay, well, thank you for that clarification. But now, mm-hmm. speaking about these children and these refugees, what are their needs as they're going through this transition? Their needs are numerous. Um, I would say, first and foremost, they need legal representation. And Houston has been amazing at partnering with both Human Rights First and other local nonprofits. And these types of partnerships have been forged throughout the country in order to provide legal assistance to these individuals. As you can imagine, if you're fleeing violence in your home country to arrive in the United States, and being reunified sometimes with people whom you really haven't seen in a very long time if you have any relationship with them at all. And then you're supposed to be appearing in immigration court to try and explain why it is that you are eligible to remain in the United States. Uh, having an attorney by your side to assist you with navigating this process is really critical. Yes. And so for um, that leads to my next question. For those who do not have legal representation, what happens? So only about a third of the unaccompanied minors have legal representation that are in proceedings. And so the rest appear what we say is pro se. So they appear on their own. There's no right to an attorney in immigration proceedings. It's a civil matter. And so unlike criminal, you don't have a government attorney appointed to assist you. So uh, the other, the two-thirds of those without counsel continue to appear and hopefully are able to articulate to an immigration judge their eligibility to remain here in the United States. But as you can imagine, many are unable to do so, and they are much more likely to end up being deported. Being deported back to the conditions they were originally fleeing from. Exactly. What type of challenges do these children face, um, e- even even once settled into a refugee shelter? What type of challenges are they looking at? There are lots of challenges. I mean, these children have endured traumatic pasts, which is what qualifies them as a refugee in the first place. Um, and so they're fleeing persecution in their home country. So there's a lot of trauma involved with that, even once they're safe here in the United States. There's post-traumatic stress, like many people who have experienced horrific past. Uh, there's family separation. Many people had to leave behind siblings and other relatives, including parents in home country. And so then there's also acclimatizing uh, your life here in the United States, which is a new culture with a new language. For majority, they do not speak English, and so it's integration into the school system. And as I mentioned, often they are living with people who they do not necessarily have a close relationship with. So it's also just trying to forge that relationship. So there are many struggles apart from the legal matter. Yes, it sounds like it. Are we, is the government, the are we doing a better job of handling or assisting these children? Well, Human Rights First, first and foremost, uh, definitely believes that there should be an end to family detention, uh, putting families, family units, and specifically children in a detained setting, even if it is a free moving or labeled as a residential facility, it nonetheless is a detention center. And so we very much believe that there should be a close to family detention. Um, and that is not yet happening. If anything, there's been an increase in the use of of enforcement measures. With respect to whether or not we can do more as a government, I am a firm believer, as is Human Rights First, that 
all people, including children, specifically children, should be afforded a government-appointed attorney. The stakes are very high. It's a complex legal system to navigate, and being a child in any type of system is very confusing. And if you're looking at being deported back to a country where you are afraid for your life, uh, you should be afforded counsel. And finally, so there's a lot more to do. Yes. And finally, before we let you go, Ms. Caper, um, tell me what, if anything, can our listeners do? How can people help? There are various ways that you can help. If you're an attorney, um, you should definitely get involved through your firm. Many of We have amazing firm partners here in the Houston area who are working, like I said, with Human Rights First and with other nonprofits who are specifically providing legal assistance to this population. You do not need to have any experience with immigration because if you partner with us, or a comparable organization, we will guide you through the process. So if you're a lawyer, uh, you should definitely reach out and you can provide legal assistance to this population. If you would like to make a financial contribution, you are also welcome to look at our website and others that also are assisting the unaccompanied alien children. There are other organizations that are doing a lot of work around this issue, so uh, please do explore it, but I'd say that those are two direct ways you can get involved. Okay, well, we certainly thank you for your time today and your insight. That's all the time we have for this afternoon. Thank you, Ms. Caper. Thank you.